0: Jesus' mission was to comfort those who mourn, bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to captives, and open prison doors for those who are bound. For those who want more than status quo Christianity has to offer, Blazing Grace Radio begins now. And here is your host,
1: Mike Janung. Hey, welcome back to Blazing Grace Radio. Mike Janung here, and thanks for coming along Before I get started, I just want to give a thanks to Faith Talk and all the crew here for hosting this show. Um, When I first moved to Arizona, I sent emails to multiple radio stations saying that we have a ministry that is involved with porn and sex addiction, and um, would you be willing to host a show? And Faith Talk is the only one that answered, and um, so it's not an everyday occurrence that radio stations embrace content like this where I'm going in deep with these topics. And I did a conference in Central California a couple weeks ago, a Porn to Grace conference. And in the weeks leading up, I sent emails to four different radio stations saying, hey, we're having this conference from Porn to Grace. Uh, We'd like to run ads promoting it and not one answered. So, I'm grateful to this radio station and for my friend Ramon um, producing these shows, and for because it is rare. And and radio stations that are willing to do this and put this out there, you know, they should be thanked. So, I'm appreciative of it. And before I get into today's content, a uh, few announcements. First off, my eighth book just came out. Restoring the Wife's Heart, Taking Up the Mantle of J.L. And what that is is an eight-week course for wives who's been wounded by their husband's porn addiction and adultery. And um, we've been using this material in our wife's 10-week course, but now I've got it published as a book. So now what this gives churches and groups is what it this gives you is the availability to lead a group that will take the ladies into the recovery and the healing process. And in the course, I get into dealing with triggers and setting proper boundaries, um, with following up with consequences if needed, but um, a lot getting into your identity as a daughter in Christ. So a lot of times when a woman has been shattered and traumatized by her husband's porn addiction uh her self-esteem is just shredded so there's a lot in there about building up your identity that you're a beloved daughter of god and and restoring your relationship to the, what the lord because some women they they get so angry at god because lord why would you give me this guy who's a sex addict i thought he was a christian and so, we move you through dealing with all those issues, dealing with fear and anger and forgiveness. And so, the book, Restoring the Wife's Heart, Taking Up the Mantle of Jail, and what the mantle of jail is, is about is jail is the woman in Judges who pounded a spike through the enemy general's head. And, ladies, that that's you. you, you if you're a Christian woman, that's you. You're meant to be a fighter and a warrior, and an intercessor, and some of the most powerful um, prayer warriors I know are women, and actually most of the prayer warriors I know are women. And so this book is for you, and again, it's a course, great for use in churches, great for use in groups. You can buy it online at blazinggrace.org. And so now this gives us uh, a course for men, eight-week course for men, Action Steps to Freedom. And our 10-week course and our 8-week course, I'm sorry, for wives. So now this gives you churches and groups who are listening to me. You have the means to lead your people into freedom if you're willing to host these groups and make a difference and talk about this issue openly. And So again, Restoring the Wife's Heart. And if you are interested in hosting uh, a From Porn to Grace conference, that conference is the one I put on where we go into the healing process and the recovery process from pornography plus healing for wives. I get into that too. It's usually a Saturday event from 9.30 to 2.30. So it's around six hours on a Saturday with a break for lunch. And we do breakouts. We have people sharing with each other and praying for each other. And at the end, we pray as a group. And it's it's always a very powerful time. And I just held one in Central California several weeks ago, and it was um, God was moving. And um, at certain points, people were weeping. <laughs> so um, it's always blessed to watch. You know, God. You know, change lives that way. And so, if you're willing to host one of these conferences. No matter where you are. Arizona, outside Arizona, in another country, let me know. We're scheduled to be in Europe the middle of October. So I know this show is being listened to, to by persons outside the U.S., uh, including Europe and Africa and elsewhere, so in Asia as well. So if, if you want to host a conference, hey, let's do this. Get in touch with me. And and this con- these conferences are a great way to break open – this subject and offer healing to the community and really launch a group groups for men and wives and and then we also have our rogue christian conference and that's for you've heard me talk about my book the rogue christian and how status quo christianity has failed and um, how people are wanting so much more about the christian life and and the lord and a passionate love relationship with the lord and how to how to walk in prayer and how to walk in victory as a spiritual overcomer, and and in the road. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big believer in prayer that that's our biggest, most powerful weapon. So at the Royal Christian Conference, we walk you through how you can make your life count for eternity. And so if you and that and that is similar in time around a 9:30 to 2:30 on a Saturday. So no matter where you are in in and outside of Arizona, the U.S. Other countries, no matter where you are, if you're interested in hosting one, get in touch with me. Email at blazinggrace.org. So today, I'm going to begin by reading some, looking at some fresh uh, news releases, news articles that just came out. This is all within the past seven to ten days and then kind of going through and commenting on, on some of what, what's, what's going on here. and So this is from a secular news source where it says, he says, Another day and another Christian pervert is exposed. Pervert is exposed. Andrew was in seminary and planning to become a Baptist preacher. He was engaged to be married, and he is the son of a president of a Baptist academy until Andrew was arrested on 10 counts of child pornography. And so what we take away from this is the outside world is watching us. And if all they hear from us is that um, the things that the outside world is doing wrong in our eyes, but they don't hear from us that we're broken and that we struggle with lust and pride and greed, and saying the wrong things and arrogance, if they don't hear those words coming out of our mouth, then it's easy for them to write us off as a bunch of hypocrites. And a hypocrite is somebody who pretends he's one thing, but in reality is another. So a hypocrite in this context might be a church that's saying, we don't have a problem with sexual issues. Meanwhile article after article are are coming out where Christians and churches and all sorts of leadership positions are being arrested for various sexual crimes not just sin but sexual crimes and so the outside world needs to hear from us we're broken too we struggle with sin too the only difference is we have a relationship with the lord and we're struggling, or walking with him, and we're learning as we go, and we're no better than you are, but we've accepted the gift that Christ crucified for man's sins, and this we offer to you. We are no better than you. We do hold ourselves to a higher standard, and we fall short of that standard. So that was that was one, and then I'll read another. A man who allegedly uploaded pornographic photos and videos of young children while he was at home, work, and the church, appeared this week before a federal judge in Texarkana. I'm not going to say his name. A resident of Bogata in Red River County, Texas, appeared Tuesday before U.S. Magistrate Judge Barry Bryant for an initial appearance in the Eastern District of Texas on a criminal complaint charging him with transportation of child pornography. A man whose looking at child porn at church. Most people aren't going to think this way, but there's more and more articles creeping out here and there that people are getting caught looking at pornography at church, and, and child pornography has ties to sex trafficking and child trafficking, and so when somebody has gone to that level, they're in a deep level of bondage. Another, a 74-year-old pastor from Monona, has been arrested Wednesday on multiple child pornography allegations. According to the Monona police, Peter was booked into the county jail on four counts of possession of child porn. The police department would not state where Olson served as a minister. Investigators were able to obtain a search warrant arresting Olson after searching his home and electronic devices. A pastor. And this is not a rare case. Every week, men are being arrested in trusted leadership positions in the church for child pornography. Next, a Baptist pastor from Forsyth County is out on bail after being arrested on a child porn charge. First Baptist Church in Stanleyville announced that, I'm not going to say his name, quit his job as the lead pastor after he was arrested by the Forsyth County Sheriff's Office. On accusations of child pornography and exploitation. Again, these are all within the last seven to ten days. <clears throat> Another pastor caught. Next article A woman accused of making child pornography while formerly working at a Greensboro church daycare was sentenced Monday to 50 years in prison. Allison pleaded guilty to one count of production. Of child pornography and one count of distribution of child pornography on November fifth, this woman was 25 years old and involved with that, and she was taking care of that church's children. People, this is all over the church in various levels. It doesn't mean it's in every single church, but and we're talking extreme cases here with child pornography. But porn itself is all over the church. When you have statistics showing that two-thirds of the men are viewing pornography and 30% of women, 60% of youth exchanging sexting images, and then 74% of our youth viewing pornography on a consistent basis. This is an epidemic of far greater impact and consequences than COVID is. It's been destroying lives for decades. Next article, Josh. Josh. Duger, I don't know if I spelled his name right or said his name right. Allegedly used the internet to download child sexual abuse material, the U- U.S. Attorney's Office in the Western District of Arkansas shared in a press release. Duger already possessed this material, allegedly possesses material some of which depicts the sexual abuse of children under the age of 12 a year ago. And he's been in the news multiple times the last several years for his struggles with pornography. And the uh, the horrifying thing about this sin or addiction is that once it gets a grip, it doesn't let go until you break it. That stronghold is broken and it addicts people chemically, emotionally, and spiritually. And it will... It often, lust will take you where you never thought it would take you before, and now this guy and his family are rocked, and he may now spend a long time in prison for this. And no man or woman wakes up one day and says, hey, you know what, I'm going to look at illegal pornography. There's always a beginning with the so-called soft core, the innocent stuff, and then over the period of time the want for more increases and it drives them until one day they end up in this horrible place and child pornography is a horrible wicked evil that grips them in, a, in an even stronger vice and the other side of Dugger's struggles, what he's going with is not just him, it's his wife and this is from one article that's talking about um, his wife, where it says, what are Christian women in marriages with unrepentant porn users to do? When headlines announced Josh, Josh Duger's arrest for possessing child porn images, social media erupted with questions about whether his wife, Anna, would leave him. All her life, Anna has been primed by the church to believe her, subs- her husband's sexual deviancy was due to her sexual shortcomings. Telling women to be more sexually available to help their husband keep it in his pants is the norm, not the exception. Women are taught as the cause and solution to men's sexual perversions. This is uh, from a blog post and news site. And then it goes on. Recently we surveyed over 20,000 women to discover the effects evangelical teachings on women's sex lives had on them. One belief that set women's Sexual satisfaction rates plummeting was that idea that a woman should have sex with her husband to keep him from watching porn. The Bible does not tell women to have sex with their husbands to cure their lust. It tells men to put lust to death right on. No matter how much sex a a couple has, it will never cure or satisfy a man's lust problem ever. Matthew 5 I think it's 30 if something causes you to stumble cut it off. So every man, every woman is 100% responsible on the choices they make to engage in lust. And unfortunately this is not these are not rare words. We hear I just heard a week ago from a woman, from a wife who said she'd gone for help and was told by the counselor well you just need to give your husband more sex. That kind of lame brain advice is all through Christian circles. And, and yeah, of course it's tough on a man to be celibate, but, you know, we're called to be men of character and strength. We're called to be men who buffet our body and make it our slaves. We don't let our urges drive us. We contain them and keep them in the grave. We're supposed to be the ones keeping our flesh crucified. It is not our spouse's fault if we choose to turn to pornography, so... This is very damaging to a wife when she's told this. And then uh, in the same context, this was Rachel Denhollander, who was one of the gymnasts who was abused by the, the coach some years ago, writes, but we don't think it's a big deal in Christian culture because we've also peddled the boys will We boys mindset. Except all we've done is we've added scripture to it and told women they're responsible for men's lust and addictions. That if they don't have enough sex, porn and affairs are the result, meaning it's the wife's fault. We've talked about his sexual needs like it's impossible to go more than a few days without release, but couched her sexualities ex- existing solely for his benefit. We've turned women into dangerous beings who control whether men fall, and also are the solution for it. Um, <laughs> when I read that, I just want to cry because that's that's basically spiritual abuse and it's a widespread problem. And women are not men's sex objects. Um, and my wife and I went through a rough patch in our marriage maybe 15 years ago. And I think we i have had sex once that whole year, but not once did I turn to pornography. So again, we are commanded to cut off the stomach box. We are commanded to buffet our bodies and make it our slaves. We are commanded to master our urges. So anything less blaming somebody else for my decisions to lust is a lie. That doesn't mean that there's not going to be a struggle walking out on the street and seeing too much skin, there's going to be that battle. But I still have to choose every time I'm out there and and what I'm going to look at. And then one more news story, and this one I think hits home for a lot of us, Ravi Zacharias. It's come out, and I think it's, a lot of you probably already heard his story where after his death last year at the age of 74, Uh, women started coming out, women who he had had massages with saying that he had asked them for sex and then other women came out saying that he was sending them texts and with explicit pictures. And so I'm just going to read this from Christianity Today. Zacharias used tens of thousands of dollars of ministry funds dedicated to a humanitarian effort to pay four massage therapists providing them housing, schooling, and monthly support for extended periods of time, according to investigators. They had an investigation into everything, all the allegations. One woman told the investigators that after after he arranged for the ministry to provide her with financial support, he required sex from her, and she called it rape. She said Zacharias made her pray with him to thank God for the opportunity they both received. And as with other victims, called her his reward for living a life of service to God. Zacharias warned the woman, a fellow believer, if she ever spoke out against him, she would be responsible for millions of souls lost when his reputation was damaged. The trail went back more than 10 years when Zacharias co-owned two massage therapy facilities with several of his employees making similar statements. When I read that, it scared me. For Ravi, because you know, there, there's the verse in First Corinthians: Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived: neither the sexually immoral, immoral nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, drunkards, revilers, revilers swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. That, that's a dangerous verse, and they found images on his phone of naked women just were there just months before he died. That's a scary thought, and I know we step into a theological quagmire here of the once saved, always saved versus the you can drift away, but you, know, you have to let all of Scripture stand on its own, and I would not want to enter eternity in a state where I was actively seeking pornography and manipulating women. That's dangerous. So what is the point of all this? Why am I bringing all this up? What do, we, what do we do with this? We have to own up to the fact that the church is corrupt with sexual sin at every level, from youth all the way into their 70s. Rabbi Zacharias was 74. The pastor in that news release was 74. We see men coming to us for help that are bondage to porn in 60s, 70s, and they've destroyed their lives. So this is not just a young people's thing. This is from youth who are getting hooked on it at age 8. So parents, you got to talk to your kids about sex and pornography at an early age. Pastors, you got to talk about sex in very clear terms from your pulpit. Don't hold back, and you have to equip your people on what freedom looks like. You don't just say... Um, porn is sin I mean anybody can say that you got to show them the way out and in the web on the website org, we got tons of resources for you to do that but you can't hold back a man if a man got involved in child porn somewhere along the line he got hit started usually as a kid around the ages of eight and ten we can start nipping this thing in the bud if we would just start talking about it openly and the other thing is that it's breeding all this is isolation. Surveys show that 85 to 90% of American Christians are isolated, meaning they're not meeting with another believer once a week for the purpose of support, encouragement, accountability, and prayer. If we just break people up in our church services once a week and have them spend 15 to 20 minutes, sharing and praying with each other, we would, oh my gosh, we would do so much good, but we got to get out of this performance-driven thing that all a church about is about is sitting and watching the performance and going home. So let's do this. Let's make an impact. Let's stop sticking our heads in the sand. We got to open this thing up. Thank you for joining me, and I'll see you next week. Do you want to